Hi everybody, welcome back to uh, the Thong Slappers, Australia's first and only dedicated streetcar podcast. I was going to do this by myself, this podcast was going to be our first solo podcast, but I am met by the Australian Prime Minister, Mr. Scott Morrison. G'day Scott, how you going buddy? <laughs> That's definitely a different one for me. <laughs> hey everybody, guess who that is? That is the skipper here at Thong Slappers, Encyclopedia Disturbia. G'day Simon, good to have you back buddy, how you going? Yeah, g'day Redman, mate. I'm doing all right. I, I sort of woke up feeling, sounding, and looking like the good doctor off TV, just without the really smart part. But I've got to say, mate, I'm really, really happy to be back. So good day, everyone. And um, first of all, I'm just going to put a big thanks out to you, Red, for keeping the the shit floating while I've been away, and also to Benny Hewlett and Red Abraham for filling in in my absence. Simo and Redman are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. So good to be back in the podcast. It's been quite a while for me, of course. And uh, looking at my coffee mug there, I'm a little scared. I think I should probably smash that just in case you've been rubbing your knobbery on the inside of it. But uh, things are really tough going in the world at the moment and we're very well aware of that. And We hope that everyone out there is doing all right. Look, we are hoping to provide just a bit of comedy relief and a bit of substance. I know personally when things get tough, I just love just sinking into my passions, which of course is cars. So we hope everyone out there is doing okay and we hope we can help bring you some relief from this, the stress that's happening right you know, right about now. So how about you, Red? How are you going, mate? You hanging in there? Buddy, I'm doing okay. Um, of course, everybody knows that Simon's the skipper here at uh, the Thong Slappers. He's the editor, the chief, the producer, everybody. So it's good to have you back, Simon. I'm doing really good. Hey, the one thing is... I haven't been to bed yet. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, what is the go with the booty call? Seriously, if you get... I got a booty call at 6 a.m., so I just happened to wake up. The, my room is really dark. So then, boom, I, I got a text, and it's a booty call. I'm like, really? Is 6 a.m., is that way too early for that, or is it way too late? What's the statute Mate, of on a booty call? That, that just sounds to me like the best alarm clock ever. <laughs> alarm cock. <laughs> alarm cock. I was thinking, did I always say cock or clock? I can't remember. I meant clock. Hey, buddy, how's your foot? Oh, man. I tell you, that, that's actually, it's doing all right. It's doing all right. But, yeah, it's a bit of a story about my foot. That isn't actually the reason I've been off, but it, it didn't help, that's for sure. But first, man, can you believe we're up to episode 40? It's kind of scary. But anyway, back Dirt, to my foot. Where dirty 30s and naughty 40s? Naughty 40s. Well, there you go. That's where you get the booty calls, mate. It's just the way things are. Um, fucking shower. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my foot. All right. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I actually ended up with stitches in my foot. You know, pretty much a normal Friday afternoon. I got home from work. I take my boots off, slip the pair of thongs on. Normally, my Friday afternoon routine for the weekend is just go around and clean up all the dog shit. Uh, as I've mentioned before, I've got two dogs. I've got a white staffy, Sunny, and I've got a um, a bigger dog, Coco, who's a massive cross. Anyway, they just shit like there's no tomorrow. So I was out there, and I'm if I'm feeling like I need a bit of edginess to my life, if I feel like I'm living want to live on the edge, I go and clean a dog poo with no thongs on or shoes on and do it barefoot. But this particular Friday, the grass is a bit long, so I decided to hedge my bets and wear thongs. Anyway, I'm fucking walking through the yard, shovel in hand, and I stood I stood down on what ended up, you know when you stand down on something really sharp and you get that instant bit of shock, oh shit, bit of pain. So I quickly picked my foot up, but it was too late. And I fucking flipped my foot up and blood started pissing out of it like straight away. And here in the bottom of my thong is this weird-looking kind of blacky-brown, plasticky-looking shard, like pretty big, like a decent-sized shard, 
the fucking thing's gone straight through my thong and actually into, like, the, I guess, the uh, arch of my foot, right? Anyway, so I've pulled it out and I've taken this thing out of the thing and I'm fucking swearing and cursing, carrying on, swearing what sort of shit I'd left in the yard. Anyway, it turns out it wasn't me. I'm looking at this, at this piece of plasticky stuff, trying to work out what the fuck it was. I noticed it had an electrode, like an, uh, uh, I guess you call it an electrode, like you get on a distributor cap. Yeah, you know, yeah, where you yeah. plug, yeah. You plug the actual leader, like the old school ones, like the a female port. type electrodes. Oh no, what the fuck is going on here? So here I am, limping away in my best Chris Thorogood I could possibly muster. <laughs> I'm fucking limping away going, what the fuck? Where the fuck has this come from? And it kind of dawned on me that it looked like a kind of a Bosch type, you know, distributed cap. You know, they're kind of like that Bakelite type of thing. It was an old one. It's kind of like that Bakelite stuff. That's the name. So on the ground, in the middle of, you'll hear about all this in my domestic bliss, of course, as you know, it's just being fucking out of control. I've got my Hemi 265 engine out of my VG hardtop. It's sitting kind of on, on um, Gojacks on the K-frame. And I've just got it wrapped up in tarps and stuff. I don't really have a garage to put it in. So it was under a cardboard, but completely wrapped up in tarps. I've lifted the tarp up, and the fucking distributor cap's missing. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I had no leads on it. But the distributor cap was, like, well, I only had one clip on it, admittedly. The, the other clip always sort of comes off when you unclip it. So I've actually put that inside the car. So it lose the fuck. Anyway, distributor cap's missing. It turns out, I've gone around the yard, I've found all these bits of distributor, and the stupid fucking Sonny, my white staffy, he's taken the distributor cap off and chewed it to pieces and left pieces of sharp fucking Bakelite littered around the backyard. So I had to go and pick up all these pieces, like it was in probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 pieces. So Sonny, the fucking clap clap of a dog, has chewed this. He chews everything, right? He's chewed my downpipes. He's chewed up like $2,000 of vinyl flooring. He fucking chews. He's licked the sign writing off, off um, old days, as you know. He chews blankets off the line. He chews fucking everything. This dog is out of control. But the biggest problem is he's such an amazingly beautiful dog. He's just like a village idiot, you know, and I find it so hard to kick him up the arse. Well, I couldn't because my foot's fucking hurt so much, but I tell you, Do you think it was just one of these things. It just turned my weekend into turmoil. I had to go get stitches. I had to fucking do this. I did that. I lived around in a fucking sock and thong for a while. I it think just... Sonny needs to go to puppy heaven. If he chews my oh, distributor cap, go be with your friends. Go to puppy heaven. Have this nice, I'll, I'll give him a nice sausage roll. Boom, 22 to the back of the head. Bye, Sonny. <laughs> But you know what staff is like, they just love love and if, they, if they're not like, you know, you can have them sitting on the couch, but that's not good enough. They need to be like perched on top of your head and he just looks at you with his eyes and it's just, it's hard to hate him, although I'm getting really close. With a lot Do you of think that I'm actually show. like the staffy of the human world or am I more like a red catalogue? I'm pretty close, eh? Oh man, you're a bit of a cross, I think. You could be a cross. You're you calling me a mongrel. Did you just call me a mongrel? <laughs> You've got the hyperactivity of a like a kelpie, like a red cattle dog. Fuck, I couldn't help but ring you the other morning, man. When I was wound up, I, I was so fucking excited the other morning. I rang, and you're like, "Fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh man, yeah, that was just sort of threw things into turmoil a bit. So, anyway, look, look Sonny, you've yeah. got your beautiful pie and a triple two shell to the back of the head, you clap clap. Oh, yeah, he's a clap clap of a fucking dog. But anyway, <laughs> you you've also seen the video of him standing on, nobody's standing on Blue Crush. He's hard yakka. And what's been happening with you, mate? You had any, like, domestic... I was sort of hoping with this episode 40, it was a bit of a catch-up and shit. 
What's been happening here with domestic bliss and life in general? What's, what's oh, going mate, on? I've got, I've got a lot of domestic bliss. Actually, just uh, just recently I bought a YZF 250. Just a fork. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cheap bike, whatever. So I'm just in the middle of uh, putting it. So I sent the forks off to get rebuilt. And of course, when you drop anything to get fixed, they tell you when you get back. The guy sitting there with a the stern voice when you pick up, he's like, oh, sorry, mate, but you need, you need upper pistons. I'm like, oh, fucking course. I need, I need a Johnson rod, whatever. So yeah, the forks cost me double. So I've got to, so I'll put the forks back on it, put it all back together, put it on the ground, and I find the shock's fucked. So I'm pulling the shock out of it right now. Oh, no. Yeah, okay. So it's just all happening, basically. It's just one of those things where a simple job turns into a clusterfuck. Is well, that pretty much the scene? I was saying to Benny Hewlett, the problem with you, with Simo, is you actually do your shit. Like, I just bench race and I talk shit and I never actually get it done. You actually finish your stuff. So what's the latest project that you finished with Domestic Bliss, Simo? Yeah, look, well, I guess if I just expand on what you're saying there, you've got to remember the one thing, unfortunately, is that I don't actually – it's not that I don't enjoy doing it. I don't just get to sit back and relax and have a Sunday where I just tinker on a car or do something like that. It's always kind of rush. You know, I do like 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, jam half an hour in here for you know lunchtime at work. Um, but through doing all that, I'm still accomplishing stuff. I just don't get the thrill out of it like I used to. It's all just like, you know, means to an end kind of work, work, work. But that's hopefully not forever. It's just because, you know, life's pretty crazy busy, you know, with home and, and work and all the rest of it. I don't know. I'm just doing what I can when I can. So as you know, Red, I think I've mentioned in a previous episode, my domestic bliss, I had this brainwave to swap the entire drive lines from my VG hardtops with each other. Okay, so I've got to say that old days is actually a VF hardtop made to look like a VG, and that will come into play later on in our podcast. So just to make it easier, let's just call them the hardtops. So I decided to swap the complete V8 running gear from radiator to diff from my old days hardtop into Burt, the currently six-cylinder VG hardtop. Now, the reasoning behind this is I kind of want to thin the herd a bit. You know, I want to get the patio back. I want to put some time and money into Lucy's E8 to get that done. And I'm just kind of getting a bit past having so much fucking maintenance and shit to do all the time. So anyway, that was the plan. I stripped out the running gears of both cars. I had them literally fucking jacked up on the ground as high as I could possibly go at the front. And through using an engine crane and also just a bit of um, manhandling with go jacks and stuff, I actually dropped the K-frame to the engines and transmissions out of both cars, kind of wheeled them over to each other and then stuck the six-cylinder running gear into old days, right? So it was a fucking bit of a mission, especially when you're on shitty, uneven, cobbly-like pavers and crappy concrete. It made it a bit hard to roll the move, but I've pretty much been doing that all by myself. So Lucy came down and gave me a hand every now and then when I needed it. She just, like, shook her head going, what the fuck are you doing, basically? But now she's sort of seen it at the other end. She understands the thinking behind it. She's already planning what to do with the patio where we can actually have people come over and put a table there. So... <laughs> That's the plan. So, mate, that's pretty much been my entire domestic bliss is converting one car from being a V8 to a six-cylinder and the other car is going to be eventually a V8. I haven't actually even started looking at putting that back together yet, but I do want to pull that motor down and just go through it and make sure it's all cool before I, I put it back in. And knowing me, I'll end up fucking repainting Bert's engine bay and making it all look schmick because it's the whole thing. of While it's out, you might as well do it, I suppose. But, you know, it's funny. The hardest job of that entire thing that I thought was going to be the – the, the chink in my arm was actually making this happen was converting the um, old days, which was a floor shift V8 tall flight. I had to convert the Borg Warner six cylinder transmission, the Borg Warner 35, to floor shift setup. 
Now, factory floor shifts for those things are impossible to find. Like, they did come out in six-cylinder 770s, but trying to get the linkages is impossible. So I kind of had to MacGyver my own linkages. I thought, well, listen, I need the transmission shifter to move this certain amount, and I need the transmission itself to move that, you know, an equivalent amount. So it's all going to be about ratios and stuff. So pretty much, mate, I just fucking fumbled my way through it and kept moving and redrilling and just adjusting things until park on the transmission matched up with park on the factory floor shifter and first on the transmission matched up with first on the floor shifter too. So I was all over the shop. <laughs> so yeah, fuck it took me ages. But anyway, it works. It drives and runs. And it's up for sale at the moment. So, well... Now that the arse has completely fucking fallen out of the uh, selling cars market, especially classic cars, well, that's what we have to call them, I suppose. It's um, going to be sitting there for a while, I'd say. How, how is it working on a Valiant? So for a description, you need a, um, a 3.8, a 7.16, a 9.16, and an 11.16 spanner, and that's about it. Eh? You can pull the whole car apart with four or five spanners, the whole car, right? Fuck yeah. Well, just do Scotty from Carnage, man. Just grab the shifter. Like, yeah, go for the shifter. If you ever get stuck, just grab the shifter. What do they call it? Can you grab me a metric shifter? <laughs> that's it. And you know the super part about that? I remember when I was an apprentice, I had some smart-ass fucking tradesman ask me that thinking I was a dumb <laughs> Clap, clap. And the actual shifter I had as part of like a Repco toolkit I got when I started my apprenticeship in the early 90s, the actual shifter had millimetre increments like etched onto the face of the shifting. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've still got it. I'll take a photo. So I walked up and said, there you go, motherfucker. And he just looked at me like, ooh, ooh, that was supposed to be a joke. I said, yeah, well, the joke's on you. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you can actually get a metric shifter, mate. So be careful trying that out on people. Hey, as an apprentice, so I was a tradesman by 1993. As an apprentice, one of my jobs, I had to go around and, at the end of the afternoon and collect all the tradesmen's tools. So if a tradesman was working on a specific rebuild or he's doing something, I get all his tools and I put them all together and put them back in his toolbox. So we've got four tradesmen and I've got to put their tools together and put them back in their box of enough. Can you imagine what it was like the next day when we go, where's my fucking 716 spanner? I, I, I swear, I don't know. I put it back in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Apparently, exactly. apparently protected these days under bullying laws. <laughs> yeah, hey, see, takes the fun out of everything. Hey, Simon, I see you're trying to sell your car old days. How's that panning out for you? Mate, it's a fucking nightmare, to be honest. You know, I knew that going into selling, and especially, look, I've been advertising it through social media as well as car sales and that sort of stuff, but social media was kind of the place to get it out quickly as far as saturation of the market and all the rest of it. And for however long I've sat back and I've watched people advertise their cars for sale and I've seen their cars get absolutely fucked pizzled and slaughtered by all the keyboard warriors and all the rest of it. And I thought, oh, listen, I'm kind of opening myself up here to be fucking raped with a um, telegraph pole. But I thought, you know, I'll try and do everything I can do to counter that to start with. So I did my research on price. I kind of, you know, made the ad as detailed as I could. I sort of put in there because I knew, like, people don't like things like stickers and all the rest of it because it's not like a resto. And I say that in inverted commas. I kind of had to almost go the purest wank. I had to actually go down that path to appease any motherfuckers who wanted to have a go at the car. So I kind of put in the ad, listen, all the sign writing stickers, it's just window tint. If you don't like the stuff, you can peel it off really easy. You know, I just personally won't do it to sell it because if I don't sell it, I don't want to change how it looks. So, mate, I reckon within five minutes, I was getting all the dumb fucking, like, comments and uh, messages. First of all, some guy's saying, oh, mate, 
who got the original motor? I'm like, no, sorry, you know, no, it's just got the motor that's in it, blah, blah, blah. Then he comes back to me and says, oh, where is it? Why don't you have it? I'm like, mate, for starters, it's a 50-year-old car. I've owned it for 20, so there's 30 years where a lot of shit can fucking change. And so I said, so, no, I don't have the original engine, and nor do I have any clue where the hell it would be. And then he just sort of messages back to me and he goes, it's ruined. And I'm like, okay, well, just don't, don't fucking bite to these sorts of people. Just delete, move on. That was just the fucking tip of the iceberg, Redmond. I tell you, the messages and the comments, I had people saying, like, like I'll openly say, I advertise it for 28000 right, or nearest offer. So basically I figured, yeah, you always leave a little bit of meat on the bone there. Yeah. So that way there's a bit of wiggle room in case someone's off you less, you get maybe closer to a price you might be happy with. You kind of just, you want to come out as a seller and the buyer, you both want to be happy. A buyer wants to feel happy that they got to knock a bit off to help cover their whatever expenses, and you get to still get closer to a price you're after. So, anyway, then people say, oh, what a rip-off. I bought one in 1983 in mint condition for 400 bucks. Just this sort of all this unnecessary shit that goes on with it. Right? Fuck, mate. I just recently saw the Centura, man. That was a fucking drama. So how funny is this, right? Because I'm not very uh, social media savvy. So yeah. this guy gets hold of him and he goes, oh, do you want to sell the Centura? So he comes around home, whatever, and he offers me 8000 bucks. I wanted ten, so I'm like, eight grand. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm thinking I could, yeah. So I'm said, oh, I'll get back to you by the end of the fucking week. So he leaves. I jump on um, Gumtree and I write this other guy a message. Are you good with the nine grand? And he writes, I just left your place. It's the fucking same <laughs> guy. I'm like, fuck this. Yeah, selling cars, hey. it's a fucking drama, right? It's like, so but, but you get to have fun. To, you're trying to play two people off each other against each other for your own movement auction. It's the same person. So, <laughs> but Barney, I rang Barney. Uh, that's Barney from Barney Auto <sighs> I rang him the other day and I said, hey, look, I'm going to go and buy a um, prepaid mobile and start fucking with Simo. You know, we, we, I was going to buy a prepaid mobile and start sending messages. Oh, have you got the original service history? Have you got the original wheels or brake pads or something? Just to get you to go off your fucking head, but I ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, mate. Look, I did have a couple of mates arc me up with a couple of things, but I kind of can tell it was them. You know, especially my mate Dingo Pete from work. When you send me a message from Gumtree and your username is Pete, there's a pretty good fucking chance I'm going to know who you are, Peter. Okay? So just keep that in mind for any future fucking times you're trying to go. Pumpkin eating motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. The other thing was, now this is a question that, this is a sort of shit you can't make up. So this is how you just know it's not people trying to have a lend of you. Right. It's a VF hardtop. It's got a, a custom VG grill, which is kind of like done like a full one-piece grill. And it's VG tailor lenses, which don't have the white little... Uh, inserts in them which the Yanks use in their Dodge Starts. Oh, I know, and I know. it has a... Kidding. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> and it has like a Hemi, Hemi engine, like 265, which, you know, 245s came out in VG onwards, but this has got a Hemi engine. So it's 265, but it's still a Hemi engine, which started with VG. So Spike makes a comment and goes, that's not a VF, that's a VG. And I'm just like, oh, I'm actually doing it as I'm telling the show. My fucking hand is just going to my forehead. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go. And I said, mate, trust me, it's a VF, all right? It's just got a modified VG grill, VG taillight lenses, and I actually put the Hemi engine into it. And he goes, but VFs never came out with Hemis. They only had slants. And by this stage, I'm just like, are you fucking serious? You want to like, it's just, it's just, it just was starting to not even make sense to me. I said, mate, trust me, 
I don't want to alarm you, but there's a pretty good chance that I know more about my car than you do. <laughs> and I'm telling you that it's a VF that is fitted with a Hemi six-cylinder engine. It's got a VG grill and VG tail lights. And I know this because I did all that to the car, you know. And it just fucking makes the mind. And, it, you know, I understand now. People always bad the fuck out of people who just park cars up in their backyards and let them rot away. But I kind of understand why people would let that happen with a modern-day selling thing. Or well, then you get the other side. You know, and I said, yeah, look, you know, genuine sale, selling to, you know, help fund a new project, which is basically the EH, get that all sorted and make some room. And um, a bloke messages me and he goes, oh, if you want money, you know, for a new car, I'll buy your orange panel van. And I'm like, you know, thanks, but no thanks. And I got thinking about it, and I thought, you know, out of all my cars, that would be the car I would sell the least, I think, that orange Mr. Juicy van. So it's funny what you get attached to, you know, but even that, like, I'd actually sell Disturbia before I sold that orange Mr. Juicy van. Take this that so back. Go to hell with you, No, I know. I know. I can't believe Satan. I'm even saying it. I'm not I'm hanging up. You can go to hell, Satan. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> How's that? One guy sent me. One guy sent me a message. So you know, on Gumtree, and I sell them true. One guy sent me the message, and his message is, "What's the lowest you'd go?" And I wrote back, "Well, I'd fuck your mum." <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. What I end up doing though, when I put the subsequent ad up, I actually called out all these people who'd sent me shit messages or made shit comments. I actually called them out in my ad. Like I just put a big list of shit in there saying, "Listen, such and such." If you don't like the stickers, I don't really care. You can peel them off if you buy it. There's one bloke who said, oh, what, so the owner has to pull the stickers off? I'm like, well, yeah. He goes, oh, who has time to do that? Like, well, people obviously have time to fucking troll other people's ads do. But the funniest thing was when I reposted the new ad outlining all this dumb shit like that had been sent to me and happening, people were actually messaging me going, man, that is the fucking funniest ad I've ever read. Like, you know, it's it was so it actually kind of ended up being quite a funny process in the end, which was good, which is kind of – you know, reinstill some faith into that, but but definitely the orange van will always stay. One, so you would definitely never sell the orange van. Never, never. I'd probably be as likely to sell that orange van as your wife and kids are of cleaning up the dog poo, washing, feeding, and walking a dog that they promise to clean up the dog poo of. <laughs> Walk, feed, and bath. If you promise to let them buy it. So, yeah, never going to fucking happen because we all know that doesn't fucking happen. Seriously, okay? if Uncle Redmond drops in, Sonny, you're going to Hemi Puppy Heaven. Yeah, it's your first-hand experience of this whole, look, if, we, if you let us get the dog, we'll do all the cleaning, we'll do everything it needs. And within about, I don't know, two hours, you're the dumb fucking clap-clap who's doing it all. Oh. So, yeah, I've got first-hand experience of that. It doesn't help that, you know, Sonny makes it even harder for me to do that in life. That's all it comes down to. So, yeah. What the fuck is Sonny's oh. problem with eating only Hemi's only? Hemi only diet. What the fuck? Triple two shell right in the back of your head next time you eat anything <laughs> Hemi. <laughs> Actually, speaking of funny selling shit too, um, a good mate, Ian Marv Kelly, right? Yep. He's, he's doing up this. Have you actually seen the Pontiac? He's got, he's got a 1964 Bonneville. Yep. It's fucking humongous. It's like this massive two door. And he's in the midst of the world's hugest rebuild on this thing. Like, the quarter panels have got heaps of bodywork to do. The doors are fucking massive. The quarter panels, to get them straight, you need to, like, speed fold them with a fucking surfboard. Like, that. it is a fucking huge car. And he's rebuilt the engine for it. So I've got the genuine Pontiac engine. I think it's a 389 or some shit. I can't remember exactly that. 
He's had the engine fully rebuilt. It's got, like, aftermarket heads and intake. Like, it'd be a tough engine. But he's decided that he's actually going to go down the path of some other engine. I couldn't exactly get what it was out of him. I'm not sure if he's going to be called Chev or maybe a massive cube LS. I really don't know. He just told me that he's putting in a blow-through turbo swap Starfire 4. <laughs> like a Starfire 4 cylinder uh, with a police chip and a 5.8 race cam. So, oh, he fucking makes me laugh. He's the wordsmith, the wordsmith's old E. Kelly. But anyway, so he's been advertising this and he said to me, he goes, I'm not getting death threats from people because I'm pulling the Pontiac engine out of this like for sale. They can't believe that I'm actually removing this engine. And he goes, all these fucking wankers over in America, like because he's been advertising a lot of different Pontiac sites. You know, he's like saying that they're just saying the most amazingly crazy shit to him because he's just trying to sell his motor. Like, it just doesn't make sense, mate. I don't know what's going on with the world anymore. I've got to do a big so. uh, shout-out to Ian with the Silent Nine. <laughs> Man, the other day, seriously, I, uh, I gave him a ring. I just wanted to have a chat. He was so generous with his time and with his opinions. So I love cars, but I like the uh, the whole the uh, writing of cars and the whole journalism and the whole that stuff. Man, mm. he was so good to me the other day, man. We had about an hour chat on the phone. He's a really nice guy, yeah. man. He really, and he was generous with his time. He's like, bud, you know, he's busy. He's on deadline, and I take the piss out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Ian Devlin Kelly. That man, he's, he's a good guy. Even though his name is spelt retarded, that's not his fault. That's his <laughs> mum's fault. Yeah, it's funny. Like I can definitely say without any fear of retribution that Ian is one of my favourite writers, like car writers. He's got Street it. Team Magazine or whatever. He is, most, no question. I fucking love his, the way he throws words together. But like, the perfect example, when he's telling me about this whole shit with these people making death threats, he says to me, they're all in the USA, so they're undoubtedly softer than Stephen Hawking after he's left in an overheated spa. <laughs> Fucking spoon-fed bedwetters. Like, how do you top that? Like, he just has this this vision of the world that's just far surpasses anything my pea brain can ever come up with. But no, he's a good guy. So good luck with the sale, about... mate. I hope you can sell that Pontiac engine. So One yeah. of my favourite things in Street Machine magazine, it's always been my favourite thing, is dirty stuff. William Porker. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a and I hope that it never ever leaves. So the writing of Street Machines, I'm very passionate about the writing of it. Brian Plankman, obviously my dad, so he, he done um he, he had his Planko column. I like Victor, yeah. I like Victor Bray's column. It's awesome. It's always awesome. But I also like Dirty Stuff by William Porker with his lunatic soup. Eh? So uh, I really like that side of it. I think the writing. Okay, so we're, we're a visual. You know, you got to have your photos and everything, but. You guys out there that are putting your effort in, you're doing your 1,200 words, you're doing your 1,500 words, I'm reading it, man. Seriously, fellas, I'm absolutely dissecting every single bit of it, so thank you. You know, it's funny, just talking about William Borker and dirty stuff, I've been going back through some 80s, like 80s issues, and he had this column that's been going for fucking decades. Like, have you ever flicked back through the early 80s columns and mid-80s and seen dirty stuff there? Without being a wanker, I think I have read every Dirty Stuff column. Man, it's just so funny. It's like the way that he, de- he delivers it with such um, poise. Like he's the he's, he reminds me of like Ida Buttrose. He reminds me of um, that that kind of like really perfect he, man. He's a fucking titan, and I love it. I read it every single time, man. It's a, it's a great column, and, and I hope we don't lose that when we when we get further down in the street machine. We get further into the electronic age. I hope that we keep that. 
Yeah, definitely. And hey, I'm, I'm just, just going to put a, uh, I'm just going to cross my fingers to say something about Ida Bartos in the team. But one thing I just want to quickly mention before I forget is, do you remember? This was always one of my favourite columns, and I feel like I am probably a kindred spirit with spoke. Do you remember Beast? With Daryl Savage yes, from the absolutely. early nineties, yeah, he's got the Beast. he's got the uh, Polaroid, uh, the the aviator sunglasses, and the yes, yeah, yep, that's him. I used to fucking love that column. It was one of my favourites of all time. I don't think it was around for very long. I haven't actually gone through it. I just remember it was around kind of the nineteen ninety one era from memory. But yeah, Beast with Daryl Savage. I feel like I can just really relate to what he's talking about. So as I guess you know, these days we kind of have that happening, especially me with my crappy attitude towards things um, with blind gaskets as well. So it is something that we do, do still get to talk about, but I just always used to love beef, so I thought it was a great one. One yeah. funny thing, mate, years ago I wrote a letter in, as when Telf took over from Setter, so around that time when, when Telf became a big dog, yeah, I wrote a letter saying, fuck you to the high patrol, fuck this, whatever, fuck this, whatever. <laughs> and so somebody else wrote a letter back in and they read, I oh, how dare you fucking, you know, the police, they might go around and see Big Red from Townsend if he's got a problem, whatever, rah, rah. And, I, and so Street Machine gave me the chance to write a reply. So I wrote a reply, what, are you the police of magazine content as well, you fuckhead? <laughs> As over about three or four different magazines when email was just becoming prominent. Yeah, got, yeah, but yeah. Guy, but this guy wrote in and he goes, oh, you know, Redmond's giving the cops a hard time. Well, it's not easy. And I'm like, well, fuck you, buddy. Suck a dick. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. What you need to do was just, you know, to boost your, like, boost your quarters. Like, I know you're a good wordsmith. I know you're great with words. But you just need to get Ian Kelly just to fucking polish out with a few things that are just going to leave the guy speechless. I mean, you've got to remember, Ian's a massive fan of those teddy bear mag wheels. Remember those? Those Roman teddy bear wheels? Yeah, but the he was a huge. So that fucking says it all. But he sent me a fucking, I get a letter the other day in the mail, because I love letters. I get letters from Ian Kelly. Open up, it's a fart in a fucking bag. Who does that? <laughs> who, who does, does that? that? I can't like, even Dear Redmond, I hope this smells. I had a curry at Parramatta last and I'm like, ah, oh, thanks. Thanks, bud. Hey, I'm sitting here with my fingers crossed. I'm just trying to remember why that was happening. What was I supposed to remember? I literally got my fingers crossed. What was I going <laughs> to talk about? <laughs> Hang on. Oh, what were we talking about? We were talking about... Um, oh, Ida Butchers, Ida Butchers, Ida Butchers. Right. Now, how cool was that fucking Cold Sizzle song they wrote about her? I thought that was awesome. Well, I know you, you know the song. I know the song. Have you ever seen? Yeah. I think it's such a funny, fucking fantastic piece of Australian history, that whole thing. I just think it's great. And I had a bunch of I think it was Woman's uh, Weekly the other day that she, she wrote something. Uh, she wrote, we're losing our Australianism. And, you know, mm. so I, I had the Woman's Weekly. I was reading it um, at the airport, whatever. I just had a quick brush through because it's absolutely beautiful magazine, man. It, it, it is the best magazine. So I'm reading it at the airport the other day. And yeah. then she wrote, she wrote, oh, we're losing our Australianism, you know, we're losing everything that means to us. I get a text from my boss almost at the same time saying, buddy, they won't let me put your nickname on your shirt. So instead of having Redmond, I have to have Ad- Adam. And I'm like, oh, God. It's like, like who's, who's Adam? Adam? Your mum yeah. wouldn't even know who Adam oh, was. I'm like, yeah, fuck. I'm like, I really want Redmond. And my boss is like, but they won't do it, whatever. Just fucking just get on with it. Just wear your shirt and get on with it. But it's so true that she's saying that we're losing everything that means something to us. 
Honestly, how dangerous is it that I have Redmond on my shirt instead of Adam? People could die. Uh, it is. It's just, you know. You know what I reckon? Just, you know when you're coming in to land on the airplane, you know, the coronavirus is not going to be the biggest harm to the airline industry ever. Having your, having your, fuck, fuck, what's that thing called you pull down over your window? Oh, the window blind. Okay, okay. Having your window blind pulled down is going to crash and kill way more aeroplanes than coronavirus. Oh, man. I'll tell you. It's crazy. Crazy times. And especially with that sort of stuff, too. And, I mean, it gets to the point where you have to take stock and kind of be the master of your own destiny with anything in your life. And that's, you know, like for me, if I was you, mate, just get the fucking long permanent marker Nico pen out and just write Redmond above the atom on your shirts. I mean, you can kind of probably maybe... Using the pen, you could probably write over Adam. Like, use a couple of the common, you know, letters and just write over the Adam with Redmond. See if anyone notices. I got or really go to town and get it embroidered on so they can't fucking do anything about it. Man, I got covered in oil the other day. How big drama! I fucking covered myself from head to toe in oil. So I went to the store and I got a shirt. The only shirt that had had Stuart on it. So I wrote in front of it, "Not Stuart." <laughs> and I said, "Not Stuart." Man, what? Seriously, at work I like to project that energy and I like to get out there and I fuck it. I can't be sad. I don't have sadness in me. It doesn't exist. And so, fuck when you go to work, man, and people are just fuck. Why do they have to be yeah. so fucking? You know what? I don't like it. I've made my peace with it, and is what it is. But you can still be, and it meant energetic. How was that video I sent you throwing rocks at old mate the other day? Oh, yeah. That's pretty fucking keen. But that's <laughs> so, funny. I did have a good laugh at that. But this is the whole thing. Like, at the end of the day, having a laugh is paramount to helping you get through a work day, isn't it? Really. If you can do your shit, like, do your work like you're supposed to. So there's no drama. Work hard. Get your shit done. But fucking have a laugh at the same time. It just... It's got to help. It's got to help the, 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 you know, the 8, 10, 12 hours go quicker. That's for sure. The thing about being hyperactive, and I, I consider myself to be hyperactive, is when you get something done, so say you've got to do a transmission, a gearbox, a, a kingpin, whatever you're doing, if if the energy takes you, it works out perfect, so you, you smash it out. But if the energy takes you in the other direction... Where you're, yes. like, where you're going to set fire to something, you're going to go and tease everybody, you're going to fucking cable tie every tail shaft in the entire fleet. Fuck, man. If it takes you the other way, shit, forget about it. Shit's on, eh? So your yeah. hyperactivity can work A or B. Sometimes when it's B, I'm like, so when I'm giving my mates a hard time, I'm like, fuck you, you should see how it feels from here. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, see, the thing is, you're always walking the tightrope out of aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm walking the tightrope. Oh, you're but... always walking the tightrope between... What's going to be the right thing to do? What's going to be the wrong thing to do? It's like you always famously say, and I fucking laugh every time, so I hope you don't mind me quoting this. It's a full-time job being Redmond. <laughs> it's so fucking true. So, I, mean, anyway. I, I wake up some mornings and the energy is right on me. It's right there. Honestly, I wake up, and some people say they set two or three or four or five alarms on their phones. Man, when I wake up and that energy gets me, I know it's on. And... And my ex-partner, whatever, she'd, she'd look at my eyes and goes, yep, you're on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually heard this rumor the other day that you went in a burnout car at Sunnet City. Oh, Was that true? Please stop it, man. <laughs> Jan and Brown, they're the two nicest people you ever want to meet, man. They're... They, they, if honestly, if everybody acted like Shannon and Brianna, there'd be fifteen burnout cars in every driver. So Shannon goes, "Do you want to come? Do you want to come for a run? We'll do a burnout." I'm like, yep. 
I couldn't shut up, man. He's going, dude, fuck, he even told me, man, come on, fuck. You, you do know that I actually do know the story, hey. You don't need to retell. No, I'll tell you the story. You have yeah. never heard it, man. <laughs> People were so generous at Summonats with their time. Like everybody from Street Machine, everybody from every single car, Benny, Maddie, Waters, we had such fun. Walking back to the, so <laughs> at the, at the, um, the march out party, whatever they call it, the end of it, the, the, the finish party. Yeah. Yeah. So Maddie's got that letterbox scoop under his arm, and Benny, he walks in. Benny's always carries a pocket knife. Believe me, don't fuck with Benny. He's always got a knife in his pocket. <laughs> as, as we're leaving. Or is he just happy to see it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, fuck, he cuts fuck. down this big summon at 33 sign. So he's got this big sign. Oh. We're as drunk as a poet on payday. So all three of us are done. So he's carrying this big sign. So he goes, oh, fuck, you better get us something to eat, Redmond. So I go back in. Telfo's like packing up all the fucking, the, the, the whole party. I said, can I grab a sandwich, please? <laughs> Telfo's like, yep. <laughs> Good work. So, so yeah, Maddie's, got this, Maddie's got the scoop. Benny's got the sign. I've got this fucking sandwich, man. It was, it was, it was you know, and, and now is, is the whole virus thing, the whole thing works. And I think it's very important to remember back and think, the cars bring us together, man, and they make us love each other. And I think it's important, eh? Oh, look, you couldn't say a true word or phrase or sentence, wherever that just was. But, you know, it's funny if I can just bring this, this out to the open. Obviously, I couldn't make some of that 33. There was just, it just wasn't going to happen. But as part of your adventure to some of that 33, I was part of like a messaging group between yourself, Benny, Maddie Waters and me. And, of course, yeah, and cheers to Benny and Matt Waters and yourself. But you actually were sending me photos like through this, through this group chat thing you were sending photos that I was using to put up on our social media page uh, for Instagram at the Fong Sons, by the way. And I was just, like, reading these messages going, oh, my fucking God. Like, it was just out of control, some of the shit. And the thing that kept coming up was, where's Redmond? Where's Redmond? Where's Redmond? Like, back and forth. Oh, Benny, have you seen Redmond? Maddie, have you seen Redmond? It was back and forth, back and forth. And I thought, you know what? At the end of the day, it was probably really lucky that I wasn't there <laughs> because I'm – a full-on clap-clap when it comes to dealing with people who may have drunken a bit too much alcohol and decided to go their own way. I don't, I don't, just through previous experiences in my life, I don't chase anyone, right? And unfortunately, if you had to rely on me to find you, there's probably a good chance you just would have ended up in Lake Burley Griffin floating because I'm completely irresponsible when it comes to looking after people. So, Benny, yeah. Benny Good on Benny and Matt. Had Benny, they were sending texts. We've just seen him. He's at bar one. He's at bar two. He's at bar three. Man, I just lost. You know what? Losing my phone was almost the best thing because, you know what? Fuck it. I don't give a fuck. You know? And we, we had a really, really good party after that, man. It was Benny's been through a hard year. Matty's had a few challenges. Mate, we all got together, and we, you know, so uh, Happy Williams, uh, myself, Benny, Telfo, I think, and Broads, we all just sat together for one second, uh, for, 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 for about 10 minutes, and we all just spoke about cars, and it was, really, yeah, that year that I had, it was just awesome, man, you know what, fuck, and now, I think it's even more important now, that all that shit's all, everything's all turned to shit now, it's more important to go back there and think, you know what? I'll never have another summer at 33, man. It was just so much fun. Eh? It was really, really fun. I think definitely times like this, you have to go back and just focus on what it is that you're passionate about. Like I was saying at the start, you know, you just got to just immerse yourself in what it is you're loving. Although you may not have the time or the money or whatever to keep pushing forward with doing things, get out to the shed and fucking bust some bolts. Like just do something that keeps 
your project moving forward that little bit. And that's kind of what I've been trying to do, you know, just with circumstances with work at home and not having any fucking spare time really to do anything. I'm lucky to get 20 minutes a day. And if I go and have a big shit, there's that 20 minutes gone. But, you know, it's like lucky to get 20 minutes a day to yourself where you can just do something you need to do. I told my my boss the other day. I can work from home because I can do fuck all from home as easy as I can do it from work. <laughs> but um, one, one thing, exactly. so, mate, legends in their own lunchtime, it's inspired me a little bit. I want to talk about it. Can I talk about yeah, it? Yeah, go for it, mate. Yeah, I, I, I love so it. what I've been, been doing, legends in your lunchtime, so you get that half an hour. It's 30 minutes. And I've been using it to phone people. I read yeah. Richard Wright, um, Barney, Tamey. So I get the supervised phone. In that half an hour, I ring people. So I have my, I, I smash my sandwich as quick as I can. I ring people with an actual telephone call. I go, hey, go, mate. And I ring people and I spend 25 minutes talking. Hey, go, buddy. And it's so nice, man, to have that actual telephone conversation with them, mate. Never-ending project. Uh, Brett, yeah. I, I give Brett, him a, that's I, right. Yeah, I give him a buzz. And, and honestly, I feel so elevated after that 25 minutes. Of, I say, look, buddy, we've only got 20 minutes. Let's talk cars. And we do. So if you want to talk cars and you've got the time, man, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears, eh? Seriously, I love cars, Simon. I love it. For sure. And I think as well, like, I find with my job, I do a lot of driving. Like, and as I can, you know, I'm not like an interstate truck driver, but I can do 12, 14 hours driving. In, in, you know, just as part of my job. Not all the time, but on a fairly regular basis. And that's when I do a lot of my phone calls because I'm a captive audience and, you know, get on the hands-free, have a chat to people, talk about shit, reminisce about old shit, reminisce about fun stuff and also talk about stuff for the future and just, you know, what everyone's up to to make sure everyone's going all right. And that's kind of, you know, definitely really important at these times. I suppose for us, like, looking forward to... And when I say looking forward to, I am actually looking forward to, but also as in looking forward at, <laughs> that makes sense, future TTS episodes. So this is episode 40. Episode 41, we'll be reviewing the April uh, 2020 edition of Street Machine with the blue and black 57 on the cover. We're going to get in and do a few more of those, um, I guess, back issue Bible studies. Uh, so what do we call it? Catch up footy. Yeah, Catch Up Footy. So we'll be doing the July 2019 issue, which will be episode 42 of the Fong Service. Episode 43, we'll get on, we'll look at the May 2020 issue of Street Machine. And then we're actually going to be doing also something with Boris Viskovich. We're going to do a uh, Time Machine Bible studies with him on a 1984 issue. But I just want to get it out there. One thing we haven't forgotten about and something that I know I'm desperately keen to get back into as a U Redmond is doing our yearly reviews. So next yes. up is going to be 1979. And, oh, man, some of the shit I've been digging up about 1979, I've really missed doing the, the yearly reviews and something I can't wait. And some of the music from 1979 is just fucking amazing. So it's going to be it's going to be a good episode, which no doubt knowing us, seeing uh, the Thong Sloppers, man. <laughs> Thong Sloppers. <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> is that an actual it's, thing? Unfortunately, I think it's going to be now. No doubt 1979 will spread over a few episodes too. But just quickly in saying that, like doing the catch-up footy Bible study, say July 2019, which we do, uh, the Iron Line issue of the Red Tirana, I think it's important for us to go back and look through these because there's so much stuff that I still think is important to talk about. And to give these people who've been in the magazine, give them their time to shine as well. So I look forward to doing all that stuff. I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to do the Iron Line Toronto. It reminds me of um, Ivan Haynes. It reminds me of uh, Broads. It reminds me of 
Can I ask people to do one small favor for me? And I have no affiliation. I've said this so many times. I have no affiliation with Street Machine Magazine other than I am a massive fan. If you guys have got a few spare bucks, can you go and buy two copies of the current Street Machine Magazine just to get us through this? I can't, Simon, I can imagine a world with no electricity. I can imagine a world with no running water. Mate, I just cannot deal with a world with no Street Machine. I can't do it. Go and buy two copies of it, and that helps our friends out, please. Look, most definitely, and that's the thing. If people are going to be in isolation, now's the perfect time to catch up any outstanding reading you've got to do. Let's be honest. Grab yourself freaking current copies. Grab yourself back issues. Grab yourself whatever you know you need to or, keep yourself or, busy. Or just grab yourself. <laughs> <laughs> How and, much uh, masturbation do we talk on this? Seriously, this is the... <laughs> Oops, this should be Australia's first Nandy Masturbation podcast. Did, did you just drop the masturbating cheese grater by the sounds of that? Hey, yeah. how hey, job did Benny and Brett do? Seriously? Yeah, no, they did really well. And I appreciate them sort of keeping the, the, the wheels moving with you sort of Brett, for that time. Brett, so the, the problem about Brett is he done such a good job that I, I might have to kill him one day. He's eh? a bit of a rival. Oh, he makes us look really slack. I've got to admit, but, you know. I have to kill him one day, eh? It's how it is. Just also, too, the Old Testament Bible studies we'll be doing with Boris is actually the February-March 1984 issue. It has a 55 stand delivery and 56 Nomad on the cover. So should you be interested in following along for that Bible studies, maybe get onto eBay and try and snag a copy or dig through the boxes of uh, your street machine collection and check it out. So those months again, February-March 1984. Yeah, I think with Boris Vickety... I offered him an arm wrestle, so I'm going to put this out here right now. $100 donated directly to Brett at Car 35 at the uh, Variety Bash. Boris, yeah. you and I are arm wrestling for 100 bucks. He, he's not oh, a very small boy, no. Boris. So. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, mate. Freaking hell, you're going to be work cut out here. Anyway, we'll do it for 100 bucks to the Variety Bash. I've got nothing but love for you, Boris. Boris. I have a feeling that what this actually really means is you're going to arm wrestle Red, and just as you're about to tense up and do it, he's going to probably lean under the table and grab you on the end of the knob. So just be warned. He's going to, he's going to some trick up his sleeve. He's going to lick your face or he's going to do something. What do you mean, probably? Tweaky nipple. Yeah. <laughs> probably. No, but um, Simon, it's really good to have you back, buddy. It's been a bit of a, a – bit of a. we've all got everything going on in our personal lives and we've got all this stuff going on. I've had so many emails and texts from like, where's the skipper? I'm like, buddy, he'll be back. So thank you. Fuck, for coming it's great to, to be back. back no, nah, man, me. I, you know, and you and I do this, man. This is us anyway. We, 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 we discussed this at the start of the podcast. We often have these massive phone calls where we just talk cars, we talk direction, we talk style, we talk. So it's really good to have you back, Simon. And I've got nothing but love for you and Lucy and nothing but love. Mate, Redmond, we appreciate that more than you can imagine. And, you know, that love cuts both ways. And, I guess wrapping up episode 40, we'd just like to thank everyone for joining us. We hope everyone takes care and uh, we'll be bringing plenty more to you. The Fong Slappers podcast, but also on our Instagram page at the Fong Slappers. Should you want to get in contact with us for any reason, feel free to email us, fongslappers at optusnet.com.au or send us a direct message via that little triangle thing on Instagram and uh, we'll try and get back to you as soon as we can. Can I just say quickly, if you put out that call for... <laughs> For Pro Peg and Pleasure Twins burnouts, the videos and photos, and man, fuck, that was some of the funniest shit I've seen. And just, 
I love I love photos from like the eighties and nineties of all the mots with mullets and stuff doing burnouts and tea cortinas and all the rest of it. It's just yeah, it's a, it just reminds me of really good times. So thanks to everyone for making the effort who sent through that sort of stuff. So yeah, mate, coming up in episode forty one of Stream Shake. Fuck me. Okay. And it'll be episode 42 by the time you get it done. <laughs> Fuck. You're a rocker. You're a roller. You're an out-of-controller. Oh, something's out-of-controller. I'm going to tell you. All right. I'll start it again. So, Redman, looking forward to episode 41 of the Fong Service Podcast. We'll actually be reviewing the April 2020 issue of Street Machine Magazine. So, mate, I hope you take care until then. I look forward to speaking to you. And it's going to be interested to see what you say about this cover. Actually, I'm very keen, so put a bit of extra effort in. Not that I'm putting you on the spot or anything, I promise. I've got some covered shots. Um, one thing, Street Machines Australia's oldest and first legacy streetcar magazine. Honestly, at the moment, if you guys could help us out, it's not me, if you guys could help my friends out and go and buy two magazines, that'll really help. It's good to have you back, yeah. Skipper. You are the Skipper. Great to be back. Um, Great to be back. Does that make you Gilligan? It's kind of brothers in arms, mate. There's no real skipper and Gilligan factor here. It's just brothers in arms. No, no, no. no. It's all good. I I told you this once (laughs) and I stand by it. Lead, follow, or get the fuck out of the way. That's exactly right. All right, mate. Great to have you again and great to be back on the podcast show. I look forward to speaking to you and everyone else. I'd like to say say a big fuck you to (laughs) fucking wanker. Your cock is so (laughs) tiny. I can't believe they even give anybody such a small cock. Kidding. All right, mate. I'll chat to you soon. Right. See ya. Love to the family. <laughs> Bye. Cheers, mate. Bye. What's it like to be a musical muse? <laughs> well, it's quite pleasant. My, I had no idea Cold Chisel were writing the song. It came as a complete surprise. It's on their album East. Um, I didn't know much about the band either, quite frankly, and I didn't meet them until about 2011. We have a photo, actually, of you with the band, and I'm just wondering what that was like, because, you know, this is a pretty, this is a pretty fabulous song. They sing about your hips. They sing about your hips. They can't see your hips, but they can imagine them. Well, that's because I used to present the commercials for the Australian Women's Weekly every week on television, and I was always behind a desk. And uh, Jimmy Barnes, the lead singer, recently wrote his own book about his, his life. And I interviewed him, up close and personal, for <laughs> Studio 10. And, and uh, you know, I made, him sing me, I made him sing me a few bars of my song. And, uh, and he said to me, uh, the, the boys, well, excuse me, but I have to tell you, the boys used to fantasise about me because <laughs> they used to wonder what I might be like and what might go on. Uh, below the desk, and so hence the song. But I was always, I was always amazed that from watching the editor of a magazine present the commercials, they were actually inspired to write a song about me. It was incredible.